19, uh, King Solomon is in the throne room, and his mom Bathsheba comes in to talk to him. And it uh, says that King Solomon bowed down to his mom. And then he had a seat brought in for her, and they sat down and they talked about whatever they were going to talk about. And, Man, mom should be bowed down to more. And while I can't guarantee moms that we have a, a bow for you today, um, we do have something for you. In years past, on Mother's Day, we've given you flowers. A mom that I know very well said, why do we get flowers? And on Father's Day, the dads get cookies. So <laughs> we have cookies for you. So our ushers are going to bring cookies. These are Title IX cookies, all right? These are good, good cookies. So as they're passing those out, I'm going to give you some fun Mother's Day facts. Um, so Mother's Day officially became a holiday in 1914. So we missed the 100-year anniversary last year, which is a big bummer. Uh, Woodrow Wilson, we can thank him for that. Um, actually, the woman that was behind getting Mother's Day to happen, the kind of mother of Mother's Day, is Anna Jarvis. And she pushed and pushed and lobbied to get this holiday to happen. But by the 1920s, she was disgusted by the commercialization of Mother's Day, which, thank the Lord, she's not alive now. She'd freak out. Um, she actually did freak out. <laughs> but I guess it would have been worse. So she was arrested once for disturbing the peace at a Mother's Day carnation sale. Um, uh, she, uh, she's got a couple of really awesome quotes. Um, one thing that she hated was printed Mother's Day cards. This infuriated her, and this is what she said. She said, a printed card, and sorry, some of you fathers, I might ruin the day for you. Uh, a printed card means nothing except that you are too lazy to write to the woman who has done more for you than anyone in the world. And candy, you take a box to your mother and then eat most of it yourself. A pretty sentiment. So... There's some dads thinking about how to make a card just before they get home somehow. Uh, so di some disclaimers. I'm not a mom, obviously, um, and yet I'm talking to all of you about moms. Um, I have a great mom. I, I have a wife that is an awesome mom. Um, I don't have a great track record on Mother's Day. I won't take you through everything, but I'll highlight a couple things. Uh, one time I bought flowers that I thought were really cool. I came to find out they were not cool. They were pretty chintzy. Uh, and I know this because when my wife saw them, she laughed out loud, literally. <laughs> so now, every time I go to buy flowers, I, like, sweat. Like, I was standing at Costco looking at them, and I was so happy that Costco has an associate there that's a female. And I can go, is this okay? And, and she tells me yes. So, so that wasn't good. Um, my wife, two years ago, my, my wife's love language is quality time. She just loves being together, right? So uh, Hudson, our two-year-old, he would have like a two or three-hour nap at, at that point in his life a couple of years ago. So my kids and I, our bigger kids, we thought, okay, let's, we'll divide it up. So Caden, you'll have an hour with mom, and you can do what you want with mom, and, and Reagan, you'll have an hour with mom or so. So Reagan chose to play Candyland for a full hour, right? And I don't know if you've ever played Candyland, but after round two, it is plenty. Okay, Caden, he, he wanted to have a hula hoop contest, and play chess, which is pretty awesome, but not. So that was not the best Mother's Day. And the funny thing is neither of us can remember what I was doing. I, was, I don't know if I was like reading a book or watching basketball. I have no idea. So don't do that. Uh, so then last year, this one's not my fault. But it just goes to our Mother's Day history. Uh, last year, we went on a hike, which Lindsay was actually really excited about. But Reagan got super sick and threw up everywhere. Uh, so that wasn't good. Um, then five years ago... Um, we, we get home from church. I opened the door. It was a beautiful day. We get home from church on Mother's Day. 
I open the door and I'm just nailed with this smell of gas, natural gas. It's like filled our house. So I run in the house, which I was pretty happy that I was like in go mode. So I run in the house and I, I go to our stove and someone, well, a kid, had like moved the knob just enough to turn the gas on, but not enough to light. So for like however many hours, uh, it was filling up with gas and the family's coming in. And I'm yelling, get out of the house, get out of the house. And Lindsay's like, what's going on? Or she didn't sound like that. But she like, I'm yelling like, this is, this is bad. We're all going to die. I didn't say that. Probably should have. Then maybe she would have moved. So anyway, turned off the gas, opened up the house, went to Olive Garden, I think. So uh, don't use me to plan Mother's Day. Uh, third disclaimer, um, even though this is Mother's Day, it, it is still really all about Jesus. Um, and how moms glorify Jesus by teaching their kids. So um, none of us would be here without our moms, and they don't get the, the credit they deserve. But we're, we're going to turn in Proverbs 1, and then we'll be in Proverbs 6 later. So if you have your Bibles, um, go ahead and turn to Proverbs 1. I think we'll have it up on the screen as well. Um, I'm going I'm to start in verse 8. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. And, and, and while this is... We're talking about moms today, uh, this passage, both passages, they deal with dads as well. Um, but, but God has designed it that, uh, that moms and dads are, are the teachers of the kids, right? And we've all heard that saying, like, didn't your mom teach you, you know, fill in the blank. Didn't your mom teach you manners? Didn't your mom teach you to whatever, chew with your mouth closed? I don't know why moms get blamed, but moms always get blamed in that saying. Um, but God's designed it that, that moms and dads, um, together are the instructors, the teachers of their children. It doesn't say, Dad, while mom's changing diapers or paying the bills or managing the calendar, you teach your kids. And it doesn't say, Mom's, while dad's at the office or taking out the garbage or doing the yard work, you teach your kids. It says, Mom's, dad's, you're the instructors of your kids. Um, and obviously this is ideal. There are situations uh, where maybe it's a single parent um, or, or maybe there's a parent that's, that's there, but but really absent, and they have to. That the one parent has to teach their kids. And uh, at the end of the sermon, we're going to get into a passage that I, speak, that I think speaks right to that. That I'm actually really excited about. But it, but the idea is that moms and dads they're, they're teaching their kids together. And, and when your kids are little, like we have pretty young kids, our older kids are 10 and 8 now. But when your kids are little, they're around you all the time. So it's really obvious that. It's your job to teach your kids. But as they grow older, as they go to school or, or maybe daycare or sports or whatever, they have other voices in their lives. They have other instructors. And yet Scripture's really clear that moms and dads, it's your job to be the instructors. Like one day, I'm going to stand before God, and I'm going to have to give account for how I taught my kids. No matter what all the other voices were in their lives, you're going to stand before God. And you're going to get to talk about how you taught your kids and, and what you chose to instruct them on. Uh, so what is this instruction? Let's, let's go back to 1.7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord, we'll simply define it as, as just a proper understanding of who God is. So wisdom and knowledge, it's built, it's built on us knowing who God is and his character. Um, we need to understand who God is in order to instruct our kids. So everything comes back to God. So moms, as you're talking to your kids about their day or driving them to soccer practice or uh, helping them deal with some disappointment in life or, or celebrate a success, like it all comes back to God and comes back to, 
How do we live lives that demonstrate, that point to how awesome Jesus is? And certainly, uh, the Bible needs to be a big, big part of that. And I, I think Lindsay, my wife, does a really, really good job um, of, of instructing our kids biblically. Right? So some examples. At Christmas, uh, she heard about this, this thing called Jesse Tree. I know a lot of moms in, in our um, church here use Jesse Tree. And it's basically the, the whole month of December. It's, like, it's an Advent thing. It goes through stories in Scripture, and, and they all point to Jesus, right, and our need for Christ. Um, every Sunday when we get home, uh, without fail, we're eating lunch, we're getting lunch ready, and Lindsay will ask, hey, what'd you learn today, kids? What'd you learn in class? And when we get in this discussion about, uh, you know, about what they learned in their Sunday school class. Uh, Lindsay has a friend she grew up with, uh, played softball with, good friend, Angie Johnson, um, that's a missionary now in, uh, in Indonesia. I think they've been there 10 or 11 months. And Lindsay's great at talking to our kids about, hey, this is my friend Angie. We have, we have her card up here, and this is why. They're missionaries in Indonesia. They gave up everything to go serve in Indonesia. And we, we pray for them together. It's because Lindsay has spurred this on. Um, she's great at helping our kids think through things biblically, right? So um, Reagan's not in the room. Good. Um, so Reagan, our 8-year-old, yeah, she's full of life. She comes home from school, and, you know, she's got, like, these handshakes she does with friends that I, I'm not coordinated enough to do. And she learns, like, little rhymes that are catchy. And she learned one the other day, and it was this truly, like, catchy little rhyme. It was stuck in my head for a while. It was so catchy. Um, but Lindsay wanted to talk to her because it, it was no good. It, it was not loving. It was really, like, putting down other people. And we had this great discussion. Well, well Reagan, is that, does that reflect Jesus? You know, what, what does Jesus want from us? Well, Jesus wants us to love people. Well, is that loving to say those things? And Lindsay just does an awesome job with all of our kids of, of, uh, of doing that. Um, our kids know their Bible so well. And, and part of it is, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've gotten Bibles for them. This is a Bible that um, Lindsay's mom got for Caden. It's awesome. It's a graphic novel, right? Caden's probably read this thing, I don't know, six times, eight times, like it's decently thick. Um, man, our kids know the Bible. Reagan, she's got several different Bibles, and, and we haven't found like the exact right one. Lindsay keeps looking for just the right Bible for Reagan. But, but the one she has, she reads over and over again. I'm blown away at how, how much our kids know the Scriptures. Like it's, it is great. Um, Hudson, he's, he's going to be three this summer. And there's, there's two things. Well, there's several things he wants every night, but two consistent ones. Um, one is he, uh, he wants to rock in his rocking chair. Uh, usually with mom. He wants to sing um, either uh, Jesus Loves Me or Oh How I Love Jesus because that's what Lindsay does with him all the time. The second thing is he wants to pray on mama's bed. It's my bed too, but let's pray on mama's bed. Um, and man, and Hudson, I'll tell this real quick. So his prayers are awesome. I love them. And Lindsay's the one that really, uh, she, yeah, she's taught him about prayer. Um, so Hudson's prayers, like, no matter where you are, no matter what time of day, his, his prayer starts out, uh, Jesus, I love you for God. Jesus, I love you for, you know, and fill in the blank. And sometimes there's some variation. But uh, the other day we're driving uh, the older kids to school, and we're, we're praying. Uh, we have a habit of praying for, for some of our, the missionaries that we know as we go to school. And uh, Hudson says, I want to pray. So, all right, Hudson, you pray. Uh, Jesus, I love you for God. Uh, Jesus, thank you for babies and little monsters. <laughs> Awesome. I don't think she taught him the little monster thing, but um, so so moms, dads, a huge responsibility 
in, in teaching our kids and uh, teaching them you know, to know God, you know, to, to be biblically informed. Um, in order to do that, you've got to be connected to Jesus. Right? It reminds me of John 15, uh, which uh, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And the whole, the whole point is like we've got to remain connected to Christ, right? Jesus isn't like a gas station that we come and fill up when we need it. We need to remain connected to Christ. Um, But that's tough as a mom, right? I'm not a mom, but let's pretend for a second that I am. Um, So I'm a mom. I need to remain connected to Jesus, and I've got kids running around all over the place, right? Um, Like just yesterday, like we're potty training. It was, we had an accident. It was chaos as we're trying to get out the door. Like it is tough as a mom. Um, And actually, let's, let's, Let's rewind. Let's pretend I'm not a mom yet, which I'm not, so it's easy. Um, so I want to spend some time with Jesus, right? So I sit down. Maybe I've got a cup of coffee. I've got my Bible. i got a, maybe a journal if you're into that. Maybe you're one of those people that has like different colored pens for whatever reason as you read your Bible. Maybe you have a scone. You're just going to sit there, and it's silent. It's peaceful. The house is not messy because of kids. You have like, I don't know, half hour, hour with Jesus, right? Awesome. Man, when kids come to the picture, that gets really hard. There, there are not scones, and if there are, they're on the run. Um, <laughs> so I heard a, a story about this. I can't remember who it is. Some famous preacher, and he had like seven or eight siblings, right? And it was like kids back to back to back to back, right? And these kids, they had total access to mom any time of the day. They could always run to mom with one exception. When mom was sitting on her stool with her apron over her head, that was the only time they could not come to mom. And what was happening was mom needed to talk to Jesus. Mom needed to pray. And they knew, you leave mom alone. <laughs> not, not that something bad's going to happen. I don't mean it like that, but this is mom's time. Like, someone better be dying if you interrupt this time. Right? So this mom, she didn't have time to sit down, sip some coffee, break out her different pens. And she had to steal moments to remain connected to Jesus. And, and, and moms, through watching, <laughs> I know that sometimes that's, that is how it is. Even if it's just one little kid, that doesn't have to be seven for things to be crazy. Um, dads, you got to make that happen. We've got to make that happen for moms. Whether that's watching the kids so that mom can go to a Bible study or maybe a women's retreat or even just a walk. By herself, like dads, we we need to make that happen. Proverbs one nine. Uh, this is again, this is talking about mother's teaching, father's teaching. It says, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. So when you follow your mom's teaching, your life will actually be better. Like it'll be so good that it would be as if you, your life is so much better. It's like you're walking around all modernized. This I don't. Really know what graceful garland is, but I know it goes on your head. So it, it, is it like your life is so good that you've got like an awesome hat on and like some really classy, tasteful bling. Okay, that's how good life is. Um, kids, parents actually know stuff. Um, they they know a lot, and I, I think all of us can remember a time thinking our parents don't know anything. At least once you thought that. I know I did. But parents actually know stuff, and if they're connected to Jesus, Scripture tells us that they not only have earthly wisdom, but they have heavenly wisdom, right? Like, they get wisdom from God. Boy, if that's the case, we should listen to them. Let's flip over to Proverbs 6, uh, uh, verses 20 through 23. 
uh, verse 20 starts off similar. It says, uh, My sons, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teach, teaching. Bind them on your hearts and tie them around your neck. So we bind our, our, our mom's teaching, our dad's teaching to us, right? We keep them close. We attach it to our heart um, so that we can remember all those things, all that wisdom. We can, we can remember in verse 22, it says that when you walk, they will lead you, right? Your parents' teaching will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you wake, they will talk with you, right? So we, we get to take that wisdom from mom, the teachings from dad. We get to take that with us wherever we go. So even if, even if your mom is no longer on this planet, you, you, take, you take that teaching that she has. You, you take all those conversations, all those things that you learn. Um, I don't need my mom to call me up and say, Greg, pray for your kids. She doesn't sound like that. I don't know why I did a voice like that. My mom sounds nothing like that. She's very kind. Greg, pray for your kids. She doesn't, she doesn't call me up and say that. I know that because I learned that from her. Right? I, I know that years later, like I know how much my mom prayed for me and my brother. You know, was, particularly like with girls we dated. Right? Like my mom tried to talk to me a couple times about a couple different girls, and I was just too, I don't know, just out there, Twitter-pated to, to listen. Sorry, that's an old Bambi reference. Um, which normally Matt makes Disney references. I don't know what happened to me. Um, but I, yeah, I wasn't listening to my mom uh, and her wisdom. But she knew, and, and okay, Greg's not listening. I'm, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray even more. And, you know, prayed me through a, a lot of things. And then I started dating Lindsay. Prayers were answered. My mom was very happy. Um, <laughs> Another thing I remember from my mom, there was like a two-week period where my mom was pouring over this, these books of Proverbs from around the world, which wasn't normal for her. And I was too busy to care at first, but eventually it's like, what are you doing, Mom? Um, and she told me about this lady that she was trying to find a couple of Proverbs for to write in a birthday card for her. And I, and I was like, what, what, are, what are you doing? And I found out like my mom really had a hard time with this woman. Like This woman was, was not... Not a good coworker. We'll just leave it at that. And, and my mom wanted to give her something that meant something. And I, I've never forgotten that. I'm like, man, that, that's how you treat people that are really hard for you. That's how you, that's how you love your enemies. So, so even though mom doesn't call me up to tell me this stuff, like I've got it. I've got it walking around with me. Um, verse 23 says, For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline or the way of life. And that, that reminds me of Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And I memorized a, a big chunk, well, big chunk, a, a chunk of Psalm 119 back in 1993 at a summer camp that my parents sent me to. And actually, my parents sent me to camp. I went to my first church camp when I was nine months old. We went to a family camp. And we went to camp every single year. And I learned so much about Jesus. I learned so much about Scripture, like some incredibly uh, formative years in like my theology, my understanding of who God is. Um, my parents invested a lot, uh, money, but just resources in in my in my life with Jesus. You know, and, and um, like even even growing up, like as a little little kid, most of my memories—I was going to say best memories, but all of them really. Um, were around church people, whether we were like camping with a bunch of church friends, or there's some event at church, or we, we, we would take vacations with church friends, or we'd just go over to a church friend's house. Like so many great memories of just being with God's people together. And I'm, I'm not saying like we, we should be exclusive, like no way. Um, but 
man, they did a great job of bringing me around people that love Jesus, and and it was good for me. And last night, um, several uh, several of us got together, uh, a couple of community groups got together, and we uh, the the kids uh, had childcare, and the guys went somewhere, and the girls went somewhere, and just had a great time of fellowship together. And we asked our kids, like, hey, how was that? What'd you do? And Caden, uh, our oldest, he's ten. Um, he, he said, yeah, I, I played with Aslan most of the time. If you don't know Aslan, Aslan uh, is Charity's boy. You know, Aslan's several years younger than, uh, than Caden. And I said, oh, how, how was that for you? And said, you know, Aslan really liked it. And man, ha, it tears me up. You know, because here's my boy loving on Aslan, who doesn't have a big brother. He's got a big sister, and that's great. But he doesn't have a big brother. And, and my son just knew. This is, this is a good thing. Man, that was a good thing for Aslan, but that was a good thing for my kid. I'm, I'm just so happy that he had that opportunity. Um, it, it, it's so good that, that we invest in our kids, in, in their spiritual lives. And parents, we put a, a lot of resources in, into the development of our kids. And I, and I, think, I think it's good. You know, uh, There's sports camps and private lessons and... I don't know, SAT prep classes, and I'm not into all that stuff yet, but, but you know, horseback riding lessons, I don't know, whatever you're into, whatever your kid's into, like we spend a lot making sure that our kids grow and develop and they have opportunities. Man, are we, are we putting resources into our kids' life with Jesus? Because I think that is so critical that, that we invest in, in that. Um, this is going to connect, though it may not seem like it for a second. So uh, there, there's some passages in the Bible where a specific church is is applauded, basically, or commended for something. And, and then a lot of times there's something that they get kind of bashed for, too. And then there's some churches that just totally get bashed. But but I was imagining Harvest, and like if Harvest was commended for something, um, there are two things that came to mind. And one is is I think this church body loves each other really well. I'm not saying that we don't mess things up. I'm not saying that we haven't hurt people's feelings. That happens everywhere. But I do think that this church does a really good job of loving people. And I also think, I think the second thing that this church would be commended for is for investing in kids' lives towards knowing Jesus and towards a proper understanding of God. We have people teaching Sunday school every week. Such a blessing to me as a parent. We have Harvest Kids, you know, Lisa and Paul. God just put it on their hearts to start this thing. We've got like an average of 30 kids coming every other Sunday to this, right? A bunch of kids don't even know Jesus, right? They're coming to this thing every other week. We've got, we've got Young Life. You guys have helped tons of kids go to Young Life camp. Kids that you've never met, you may never meet. Um, our camps that we send our students to, Dunes for the middle schoolers, ETV for the high schoolers, track camp, as far as I understand, without Harvest, it wouldn't exist to the capacity that it does now. Maybe maybe it wouldn't exist at all, but so many people at this body have made it possible for kids to, uh, to hear about Jesus, to grow in Jesus, and, and I think it is so awesome. I just want to thank you, you all for that. Um, Let's turn to 2 Timothy. I think we have time. Uh, I love this. 2 Timothy 1.5. And it's not on the screen. I apologize for that. Uh, okay. So 2 Timothy 1.5, it says this. It says, I'm reminded, and he's talking to Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure 
dwells in you as well. So Paul goes out of his way to remind Timothy, you've got this spiritual lineage. It started with Grandma Lois, which I love that name for a grandma. It starts with Grandma Lois, and then she, she taught her daughter Eunice the scripture. She taught her daughter a proper understanding of God, the fear of the Lord. And then Mom, Mama Eunice, taught you. There's no mention of the, the dads here. From everything I've read, that, that's on purpose. You know, we, we don't know why, but they were not the spiritual teachers. Um, uh, Tim, Timothy's dad, Acts 16.3, I think it tells us he was a Greek, right? So not non-Jew. So he, he probably didn't know the scriptures. Um, but here's, here's grandma and mom making sure that the little grandson, Timmy, was going to know God, right? And, and Timothy obviously went on uh, to do some amazing things. For the kingdom. So, moms, you're passing down a lineage of, of knowing God, knowing His Word, and that's an awesome responsibility. And we thank you for that. Um, we thank you for fighting that fight for your kids, and that is so important. Let's uh, let's pray together. God, I thank you. Thank you for moms. Thank you for the moms that are in the room. Lord, I thank you for the moms that that we don't get to be with today for whatever reason. Um, Jesus, would you bless bless our moms, bless our dads, bless grandparents, Lord. Thank you for grandparents that, that know you and love you and pour into grandkids even when their own kids don't share that, that, that spiritual lineage, Lord. God, I, I thank you for how you use parents and how you designed it. And God, would you help, um, would help moms to be connected to you, to remain in you, to find uh, that time, even if it is a moment with with the apron over their head, talking to you real quick. Jesus, I, I just pray that we would not try to do this on our own strength, but, but it would be you, Lord, that we rely on. In your name, amen.